seven years old, my dad left my mom, my little sister, and me. My dad's leaving compromised a lot of things in my life. Three of them were home, family, and certainty. Home was compromised because I overheard my mom saying that she really was hoping we wouldn't have to move, and I thought, we're losing our home? Family was compromised because I thought, without a dad, are we a family? Wait, would my mom leave too? Would we be a family then? And certainty because I just didn't know how this change was going to affect everything. You see, my heart was troubled. Tonight, your hearts may be troubled. Maybe because of family relationships or other relationships. Maybe it's because of your health or the health of someone that you really care about. Maybe it's because you're not certain about your future. Financial certainty, job, internship. Maybe it's because you know suffering and you know loss and you don't know how to justify those hard things with a good God who loves you. And your heart tonight is troubled. I don't want to assume that all of you have a troubled heart. And if you don't, tonight, I'm so thankful. But I just want to let you know that this world is broken. And one day, your heart may be troubled. And so this message is for you. You see, our, the disciples that Maddie mentioned, they were troubled and their hearts were heavy because, like Maddie mentioned, our passage takes place right after one of the disciples has left and then they find out Jesus himself is leaving? What? In love, tonight we're going to see how Jesus comforts his disciples when their hearts, understandably, are very troubled. That's what we will walk through this whole weekend together. If you open your packets, we're going to read our scripture. Page 8, you'll find John 14. And as I read this text to you, maybe you can do two things. They're optional. You're not in school, so you don't have to. But two things that might help you follow along. One, anytime you see home, house, place, anything like that, underline that word. Okay? And whenever you see the word Father, can you circle it? So let me read from God's word. John 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, 
that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. Well, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Well, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it's enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. I hope you saw, unlike my dad's leaving, which compromised those three things I mentioned, Jesus' leaving secures the very things that we talked about, home, family, and certainty. And you can find them on your outline, page nine. Take heart. Your home is secure. Take heart. You have a new family. Take heart, Jesus' promise is certain. Think for a minute about how these disciples are feeling. You have left everything comfortable, everything familiar. Some of you maybe have left your families, your homes, your jobs. Think about how you are feeling. Now the one for whom you have left everything is leaving? What is in it for you? What are you going to do? Just like the disciples, our hearts are troubled when we feel like Jesus has left us. And into this setting, Jesus himself says, take heart. Your home is secure. And that is the first point on your outline. This first point is going to take the longest, and the second two will be shorter. So, like, buckle up. Think about it. His leaving does two, three, three things on your outline. Number one, his leaving is purposeful. And you see it. B, his leaving is personal. And lastly, his leaving is relational. Let's unpack it. First, Jesus' leaving is personal. What do I mean? Take a look at verses 2 and 3. In my Father's house 
are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you I go and prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. Did you notice Jesus' leaving has purpose? Jesus goes to prepare a place for you. He goes to prepare a place with lavish security, with provision and protection, with sweet belonging. That is the purpose that he's leaving in this text, to prepare a place for you, to prepare home. Home. Don't you long for a home that's safe and secure and lavish with provision and protection? I do. You see, home is the place that the disciples' troubled hearts are longing for. And home is the place that your troubled hearts are longing for. Jesus' leaving has purpose. It's as if Jesus is saying, I am not leaving because I have had enough. I am not leaving because this is too hard. I'm not leaving because I'm weary or tired or frustrated. Jesus leaves out of love. That's why Jesus leaves. He knows what you have left to follow him. And he is leaving to prepare a place for you. Right now, some of you might might feel the cost of following Jesus. Maybe being a Christian has affected your relationships. Maybe it's affected your activities. Maybe your reputation. Jesus knows that. And Jesus wants you to know My leaving actually secures something far better than anything you could give up for me. Jesus is preparing a home for you. His leaving is purposeful. And let me say, Jesus is not just preparing a house, right? Four walls and a roof. He's preparing a home where you're known and loved. It's not just a building. And we see this on point B on your outline. This leaving is personal. I hope you noticed in the text we read how many times Jesus says, I, I go, I will, I prepare, I will come, I will take, I. Do you know what that indicates? It indicates that this is personal for Jesus. He's not delegating it. He's not phoning a friend to get them to do the thing. No. He doesn't hire someone. This is personal. I prepare a home for you. But more than that, more than the fact that Jesus is doing it, is the fact it's relational, and that's C on your outline. It's relational. 
It is for you, Jesus says. For you. Especially prepared with you in mind. This is a place where love and acceptance are the air you breathe. The air you breathe. Look again at verse 3. If I go and prepare a place for you, listen, I will come again. I will take you to myself. Why? So that where I am, you will be there also. Do you hear how relational this home is? Home is being with a person who knows you and loves you. Home is being with Jesus. You see, the end goal for Jesus here is to come back and to take you to himself. Jesus is the home your hearts are longing for. Jesus' leaving is so relational. And we see this in another way in our text. Did you notice the way Jesus draws out Thomas's troubled heart question? In verse 4, Jesus assures, saying, And you know the way. <laughs> well, with these words, you know the way, Thomas says, um, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Do you see how Jesus loves Thomas and wants him to ask his question? And then, in verse 6, Jesus makes his most exclusive statement. It's on the top of your outline. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is both deeply encouraging and potentially disturbing, isn't it? I mean, it's deeply encouraging because, well, there's a way to God and you can know it. There is a way home and it's secured for you. You can know the way. But it's deeply, it's, so it's deeply encouraging. But it's also potentially disturbing. There's one way to God, and Jesus is it. Only one way? I mean, to be honest, doesn't this sound exclusive? Isn't it offensive? Does it sound unkind? Potentially, yes, unless it's true. Unless it's true, then it is God's greatest kindness to all of us. We can know the way. Jesus is the way. 
There is a way to God, and you can know it. God has told you the way, and he has been so kind to you. He's told you the way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Friends, right now, God is acting kindly and justly to you. When our kids were little, we used to take trips to rural Connecticut. No streetlights, over hills, round corners, and this was before Google Maps. So we had a piece of paper with handwriting on it, and we hoped for the best. And the kids would finally be like, are we there yet? And Mark, my husband, and I would look at each other and say, are we there yet? We had no idea. <laughs> it was dark, pitch black. And then finally, we cross one more turn and see it. The front door light left on for us. And we would think, oh my word, we're there. Yay, we're there. The light is left on for us. We're home. Finally, we're home. Jesus is that front door light left on for you. You're home. You don't have to wonder anymore. Home is secure. He is the way. And let me tell you, doesn't it make sense? If Jesus is preparing a home for you, wouldn't he show you the way? And wouldn't he tell you the truth about how to live until you get there? And wouldn't he give you a life to live until he comes back to take you home and give you eternal life? This is the good news. Jesus, God's son, left his heavenly home so that he would secure your home. That is good news. That is gospel truth. Take heart. Because of Jesus, your home is secure. How does this apply? Well, if you, you aren't a Christian yet, don't you long for a home that can't be taken away from you? Don't you long to have a home with relational security? Don't you want to live where love, acceptance, safety are the air you breathe? Where you are fully known and deeply loved? Come to Jesus even this weekend. He is the way home. But I'm going to level with you. The truth is, I find my home in a lot of other things. I'm very tempted to put my home in temporarily satisfying things. And maybe you're like me. You find your home maybe in relationships, maybe in achievements or accomplishments. Maybe you find your home in the words of other people, maybe friends, parents, maybe it's a godly person. But I, and that's a good thing, but they're not your home. Most of all those things are good things, 
but your home is not found in them. Only Jesus is your home. Only Jesus can give you that security you are longing for and the disciples were longing for. Take a moment. Ask yourself, where do you find your home? Where do you run when your heart is troubled? Another way to say it is, what is that one thing? If you had it, life would be awesome. But if you lost it, life would be decimated. What is that thing? And I want to talk to seniors for a moment. I remember when I graduated. I remember longing to be back on campus and be with friends and be where I lived with my brothers and sisters and it was just sweet fellowship. I remember realizing Jesus is my true home, not DCF. It was a good gift, don't get me wrong, but it is not my home. Jesus is my home, and no matter where I go, Jesus is with me. So when I graduated, I could meet a new church family and plug in and start to serve because Jesus was my home. You see, finding your home in a good gift, well, let's see. Here's my water bottle. Okay. It's like filling your water bottle, fresh filtered water, but there's a hole in the bottom. And you drink and nothing hits your mouth. Don't find your home in something less than Jesus. It will not satisfy. Jesus is your home. So take heart. Your home is secure. But that's not the only thing Jesus secures. Point two, take heart. You have a new family. You have a new family. It's actually a perfect family. Praise God. Jesus gives you a perfect family, the family your troubled heart is longing for. I hope you found the word father and circled it. If you circled it every single time, you circled it 13 times in 14 verses. Father, 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 father. Why is father repeated 13 times? Because you have a new family. You see, after Jesus answers Thomas's question, then look at what he says in verse 7. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. And then he ends with this crazy statement. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. You see, the goal, Jesus' goal all along has been to bring the disciples into the family. To introduce them to his father. And right now, in this text, he's just making that clear and explicit. Welcome to the family. And the same thing is true for you. If you have trusted in Jesus, Jesus brings you into the family. You know, sometimes we think that Jesus is our Savior and he came to bring salvation. And he did. Don't get me wrong. 
But it's more than that. There's more. You see, Jesus has come to bring us into relationship with himself and with his Father and with his Holy Spirit. Sister, you have a new family, and that should really affect your troubled heart. Verse 9 says it this way, Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. And it's as if Jesus saying this, whoever's seen me has seen the Father, all of a sudden gives Philip the courage to say what is on his troubled heart. Because Philip says, Lord, show us the Father and it's enough for us. Philip wants a sign. He wants a sign. Basically, he does not realize the real deal is standing right in front of him. He wants a sign. And what's amazing, if you continue to read, which we will tomorrow, Jesus says to his disciples, it's actually better that he leaves. Because if he leaves, he will send his Holy Spirit. And let me tell you, here, Jesus lived with his disciples. But when the Spirit comes, he lives inside the disciples. And the same thing is true for you. Jesus is not just with you. He's in you by his spirit. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is it testifies. You are in the family. 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 And that is good news. Because you didn't get yourself into the family, so you can't get yourself out. Woo! Thank you, Lord. That's good news. You see, the good news is this. Jesus was rejected by all his friends and family on earth and ultimately by his heavenly father. When he needed him most, his father only poured out wrath. Why? To bring you into the family. You're in the family. How should this affect you? Well, when you feel like Jesus has left you and your heart is troubled, just remember, Jesus brought you into the family. His Holy Spirit lives inside of you, testifying you are in the family. And sweet sisters, you did not earn it. So you can't mess it up. You can't get kicked out. You have a heavenly father who knows you. He knows you better than you know yourself. Isn't that crazy? You are loved, you are cherished, and you are fully known. No sin surprises Jesus. You are fully known and deeply loved. And guess what? Jesus, the Son, he is a brother to you. He actually is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. He is not the brother 
who annoys you or tries to get you into trouble. He's the brother who takes your trouble, so much so that he died in your place. He demonstrates his love for you. Sign. Do you want a sign? Look at the cross. You don't need another sign. Jesus was rejected so you can be accepted. Think about that. Jesus was rejected so you can be accepted. Take heart. You got a new family. A perfect family. And the last way we see Jesus comfort his disciples here is with certainty. That's that number three, certainty. Take heart. His promise is certain. Point three on your outline. Jesus attaches certainty to three promises in this text. And these are astounding. You'll see them on your outline. His word, our prayer, and his power. So first, his word. The certainty of promise one comes in verse 12. Look at verse 12. This is crazy. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do. What a promise. If you are a Christian and therefore you have made Jesus your home and you are welcomed into the family, you will do the works that Jesus does and greater works. Wow, let that sink in. This would give the disciples such great hope, wouldn't it? An endurance. Jesus' leaving was not the end of the road. This was just the beginning. Right? What hope to endure. But I don't know about you. When I read this, I kept thinking, what are the works? What are these works? Hmm. I wonder what the works are. And then I realized, oh, maybe the text tells us. And it does. Look at verse 10. The second half, I'm going to read it. Jesus says, the words that I say, I don't speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Do you see that? Verse 10, Jesus connects up his words with these works. That's the key. His word is the key. And there is a promise attached to his word. There is a certain promise attached to his word. You see, friends, through hearing Jesus' word and believing Jesus' word, you make Jesus your home. That is supernatural work. That is supernatural work. And there's more. When you share Jesus' word with someone else, with a friend, and they believe it and make Jesus their home, 
This is that greater work that Jesus refers to. And we get to be a part of it. Wow. We are so blessed. The word is the key. There is a promise attached to it. There is certainty attached to God's word. Second promise. So that was the first promise. The second promise is attached to prayer. And we see this in verses 13 and 14. If you look with me at 13 and 14. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Did you see the promise? Ask me anything and I'll do it. Ask me anything and I'll do it. Seriously? Ask me anything? Seriously? Oh, I got a list going here. I guess, wait a minute. Let's check out the text and see if it helps us out. Oh, it does. Verse 13. It has two qualifying statements to help us to know what to ask for and how to ask. So number one on your outline, you must ask in Jesus' name, right? In Jesus' name. And number two is for God's glory. So first of all, what does it mean to ask in Jesus' name? Is it I just get out my list and God, please give me this and that and the other thing? In Jesus' name. Is that what it means? No. It means that Jesus' name is your priority. I put that on your outline. Priority. Jesus' name is your priority. That's why you're asking. It's more than just tacking in Jesus' name onto the end of what you want. It's praying for God to do what is best for his purposes, for Jesus' name. It's praying for God to do what is best for his purposes. That's what it means to pray in Jesus' name. Jesus' name is your priority. Well, secondly, you pray for God's glory. You see, God's glory is the purpose of your prayer. Isn't that helpful? The purpose is put right there. And actually in verse 13, there's a purpose statement. So it's really helpful. It says that, right? That the Father may be glorified in the Son. So helpful. God's glory is the purpose of our asking. The Father is glorified in the Son. When we pray for God's word to be heard and believed. Two things happen when you hear God's word and you believe God's word. Number one, you make Jesus your home. And number two, you glorify the God of the universe. You glorify the God of the universe. This is the supernatural work of God. You get to be a part of it. Lastly, and most foundationally of all, the certain promise is attached to his power. 
So who actually does this work? I hope you picked it up when I was reading. I don't want to read it again, verses 13 and 14. I will do it, says Jesus. I will do it, right? Twice. I will do it. Who will do it? Jesus will do it. Friend, through God's power, you get to be an instrument in God's great hand. You get to introduce others to the way the truth, and the life. God will use you to lead others to the only home that will actually satisfy and will truly last. As I close, please listen. Every promise Every promise, including the three that are in our text today, find their ultimate fulfillment in the greatest promise of all, Jesus' death and resurrection. You see, right before this moment, and you'll see it in your quiet time tomorrow morning, Jesus tells Peter, you're going to deny me. He doesn't believe him, but guess what? Peter denies him. And then in our text, did you see it? Remember Thomas he doesn't understand that Jesus is the way. And then Philip, think about Philip. He wants a sign when the real deal is standing right in front of him. But the truth is, we're all a lot like Peter, Thomas, and Philip. Like Peter, we deny him. Like Thomas, we doubt him. And like Philip, we just want some other sign when Jesus has given us and demonstrated his love for you. That is the sign. You see, the scripture calls this sin. And just like Maddie shared, this is the need of the gospel. We needed Jesus to, to pay for our sins and go to that cross and die in our place. Jesus left his heavenly home to secure a home for you. Jesus was rejected by his family and ultimately his heavenly father to secure a place in the family for you. You are adopted and brought in. For all these reasons, you can take heart and endure. You have a new family. You can take heart and endure. You have a certain home. And because Jesus rose, he proves every promise is true in him. Do you see how Jesus equips us to endure? When our hearts are troubled? You see, the very things that my dad's leaving compromised, home, family, certainty? Well, those are the very things that Jesus is leaving secures. Home, family, certainty. Pray with me. Thank you, Father. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you, Jesus, for securing our home Thank you for adopting us into your perfect family. 
Thank you for demonstrating your certain, absolute, unconditional love for us in dying in our place on the cross. If there are any friends here who do not know you and have not made you their home, Jesus, please bring them into the family this weekend. Lord, help us all to nourish our souls on your word and turn from false homes which don't satisfy and make Jesus our home. In his name and for his glory, we pray. Amen.